inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Welcome back, listeners. On a Monday morning, you're listening to Outlook on Radio Western on this Monday morning in May. Hello, Brian. Hey, yes, our first show of May and our first show in quite a while now, just over two months, I guess, since we've done a show with just the two of us. We've been so busy. Uh, so, yeah, we like to refer to these shows as a mixed bag episode. This could be a mixed bag may monday may monday mixed bag i don't know however you want to <laughs> phrase it we like our alliteration so we rearrange the words tie that in any way you'd like yeah because we had a march monday mixed bag last and that was march 1st and we had no show last week if you tuned in it was a repeat actually tying in sort of to finish up our april which was siblings month where we had two blind siblings on every week so we figured for the repeat uh last week which would have been, I guess, May the 3rd when it aired, mm-hmm. was uh, the episode we did back in February with our siblings, two older siblings, Paul and Kim, who aren't blind. Yeah, I've been fascinated by this sibling thing this, this year so far, apparently. But it gave us a nice break over on um, the whole month of April. We had these episodes kind of pre-scheduled a few weeks ahead of time. So we had stuff we were trying to work on then. So it was nice that we had that. But again, we didn't have to take weeks off or we didn't have new episodes. So hopefully people tuned in and got to check out the different sibling pairs in April for National Siblings Day, I guess, on April 10th. So it's about a month ago now. Hard to believe. Yeah. So it's uh, we were away last week because we have been busy the last few months. I think we mentioned it on the show. Well, we definitely talked about the convention. The Canadian Federation of the Blind Convention was coming up. But as Carrie was saying, we recorded a bunch sort of in advance there. So we haven't really had an episode to really talk about it. And we will discuss it a bit later on today's show, although we plan to have at least one, if not two, very specific programs featuring the convention in more detail. So uh, we will get to that later on. But um, yeah, it kind of ties into it. Just thinking we're recording these, of course, still from home Mm. as the pandemic is... We're going to talk a little bit about our vaccines. We got our first shot. But anyway, we, we're still recording from home, and we're actually recording this one the day before it'll be airing, hopefully on May the 10th. We're recording this on May the 9th. And this kind of ties into siblings, well, maybe not siblings as much, but family. And uh, this will be airing uh, the day after Mother's Day, and we're recording this on Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to every mother out there. And, uh, or mother, someone who mothers lots of different ways. May, I'm enjoying it with the flowers and the birds and it's a nice time of year. Yeah, it's still pretty cold here today actually. I saw it was there was oh, a frost advisory here in London. That, it was like 1 degree or 0 degrees or something. Way to bring me down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know it's getting there. I don't I don't want it yeah. to get too hot too fast, so I'm not trying to encourage that, but yeah. It's but, uh, strange uh, to be back. It is. It is a little strange being back on the air here. And and uh, two years ago, we actually had our, mom, our mother on for a Mother's Day show. And that was a lot of fun. You can always find that back in the archives. And 
just for anyone who isn't aware or is a first-time listener, we are also available as a podcast. If you search for Outlook on Radio Western on a lot of plot podcast platforms, actually, I almost said podcast <laughs> platforms, but uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs> platforms. And we're on the big ones, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher. TuneIn Radio. There are other ones. I think I still need to get us on Google Play. I think they have podcasts there. And if there are any services ever that we're not on that you want us to be on, you can always reach out to us. We send an email to Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. And just let us know if we're not available on one of the services. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll change that. So, Yeah, we will. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like you said, we're still at home, still recording from home. And I just, you know... I got different tech issues over here. I hope I come across pretty cl uh, clear today, but I, uh, my microphone's yeah. acting up a little. Right. Well, we are recording you in GarageBand in the background as well as over Zoom. And so I am going to get you to send me the audio as I love audio editing and having, as you called it once, a full sound experience, which I really <laughs> like how you describe that. Huh. <laughs> I think that was on the montage, actually, on our 100th episode spectacular <laughs> that we did back in I don't remember in March I, I almost wanted to sample that um the full sound experience and put it like incorporated into my music show on Friday somehow because I like that Ooh. drop that when you said that it's starting to get drops as they call them in radio <laughs> yeah actually our, our friend from Ireland who we've had on this show uh, a bunch in the past he heard our siblings episode back in April with Maggie Bray and Eric Burgraff members of the CFB and friends of ours, he heard that one and his comment was, you get a, you get a ton of drops from this one because <laughs> there were so many funny moments and spots. So, Yeah, drops are good. Um, feel free to use that one. I think it's pretty cool to play with sound in that way. But uh, I just, you know, I'm at home here and I worry that my equipment's faulty. It worked for our big production last weekend. We'll get into it in a bit, but it... Uh, for some reason today, I don't know, it sounds kind of cr crunchy. So hopefully that doesn't come, come through in the sound. Because we are all <laughs> about sound here. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, a lot of people, you're just listening in your car casually. You're not really going to notice. Generally, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the same way for me as a musician. I'll play a show and I'll be like, oh, I made a mistake here and I did this. And everyone who's there doesn't even know what to expect, really. So they're just content with the experience and they don't really generally say that, like complain about that kind of stuff. So the same time, it's part of being a perfectionist, and yeah, I and think we both deal with that to a degree. You, you being a writer, and me as a musician. Yeah, get really picky. Mm -hmm. Can slow you down. So, as you can tell, this episode's a lot more casual. We've slow just had so many. Down. Yeah, we've had so many guests recently. It's always nice to just to have one with the two of us, and like back to our old, the old days where we before we really had many guests. Back when we were a half hour at the studio. Yeah, it really takes it really takes you back. And actually, since since we were since we've done our last episode with just the two of us, we did celebrate our year since doing the episodes at home. I think that was early April was our first episode from home. So yeah, yeah all the cliche things people always say, you know, time flies and hard to believe we're this far along. But, you know, at least we're still able to bring you a show. Yeah. I mean, it gives us something to focus on in these strange times, pandemic times that we're still all living through. And we are going to get into that a bit because another thing we've been kind of up to when, since we've been gone, vaccinations. Yeah, so maybe we'll talk about that first. 
Sure. So actually coming up this Thursday, Carrie and I are going for our second shot. And you might wonder, wow, how did you guys get into your second one so quickly? Generally right now, it's still, I think I just actually heard recent talks that it might be a shorter delay now. We'll see how the next few weeks pan out. Just sounds like they are getting more shots available, um, a little more readily available. So hopefully that might change for people, but maybe you want to talk about why, well, first off, how, you know, we're still just in our 30s. I'm I'm 34 now. Actually, my birthday was happened hmm. since our last mixed bag show at the beginning of March as well. True. Um, but yeah, I'm 34 and you're 37. So we're still in our 30s. So people may wonder, how did we get this vaccine so quickly? And how are we already getting our second shot so soon? So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, we are. We've said we're going to start talking a bit more about other things on Outlook, not just blindness, but chronic illness and um, in our case, kidney transplantation, organ donation, stuff like that, that we have talked about, brought up in certain episodes over over the last few years. But yeah, so um, I guess different provinces are doing it differently. I've spoke to like a journalist who's looking into the whole thing because it's different in BC to what it is here in Ontario. And uh, But yeah, since we are registered with our transplant clinic that we're, we go to, they send us a letter at the beginning of April. So for people with chronic conditions that you take anti, uh, anti-rejection meds or immunosuppressive meds, as they call them, you know, they wanted it scheduled right away within the month timeline. I guess slightly different for um, Moderna than Pfizer, but uh, just a few days or whatever. So yeah, within within a couple of weeks. So we had our first one and then we're already scheduled for the, for the second. Whereas um, our mother who works in a group home as we mentioned, we had her on for Mother's Day there before. Um, she got her first one and then didn't know about the second one. But then this past week, she just got notified that her second one's scheduled for July. So yeah, that was from like April to July. Or did she yeah, get hers so in March? Like, I don't even remember now. I think maybe March. Yeah. Might have been March. Yeah. We've been so busy. It's kind of yeah hard to remember everything. But um, yeah, because so yeah, we both had kidney transplants. I've had two. One back in 1999, actually a living donor from my mom, or our mom, I guess I could say. That, that always happens. That happened in the sibling shows too, I noticed sometimes. It'd be <laughs> yeah. two siblings and they'd say my mom, but really it's their mom. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I had the kidney transplant in 99. And then unfortunately, that one kind of started to fail a little bit coming around 2009, 2010. So I was back on dialysis for a few years. And then I got another kidney in 2013. So I've had two, and you've had one from yeah. our father. Yeah, mine was 97, so. And yours is still kicking, <laughs> still flushing away. So. I, was, I was a totally different per- person, it feels like, back in 97. Yeah, it's right? a long time ago. It's hard to believe you're the same person um, that, that did that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be celebrating 25 years next year. So, you know, I appreciate that we, we are in the province that lets us, uh, you know, get them both done because there's there's reason to believe so far with the um the you know the examples they have of it that people who have the immunosuppressive drugs in their system they don't get as good an immune response from the vaccine not quite as good and they're not quite sure what percentage you might yeah i mean it's it's an efficacy thing that they just aren't too sure about because you know this is all new obviously they've been they've done a ton of testing on the the vaccines and they're safe but the as far as the the organ transplant people, they real they they had enough research to know that it wouldn't be unsafe for us to take the shots, at least 
definitely a comparison to if we actually got COVID, which, right. you know, with a lower immune system, that could be a really a rough experience. It doesn't always, it can affect even totally healthy people, people but are, if you have a lower immune their, system, it's... People lose their kidneys or have to go on dialysis who mm-hmm. didn't have it. So it is important and it is great that the they they made that decision that organ transplants are were allowed to get vaccinated already and it was required that we get our second shot within the three weeks time for Pfizer or if it was Moderna I think it's four weeks but we got the Pfizer shot so it's three weeks so yeah our second shot is coming up this Thursday and it also just really gets me thinking about people in general and I know we don't like to get I don't like to get too preachy about these things but and I I did kind of mention this on my music show as well chin music on Fridays Mm -hmm. after my first shot it's just that you know, a lot of people, I think, look at it as they're middle-aged or younger and they're healthy. They have no medical issues, so they don't need to get the vaccine. You know, they're, they think everything's fine. They're healthy, so why bother? But right. what, do you, hmm. what do you think about that? What would be your reaction, Carrie? <laughs> Whoa, you really set me up. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like I'm talking a lot, so I'm trying to <laughs> keep the show some sort of structure, even though it's a May Mixed Bag Monday and we're kind of doing you- this off the cuff. <laughs> You always worry you talk too much. I know, because anyone who knows me knows that I, I'm just such a talkative, outgoing person. I never shut up. And <laughs> um, Yeah, this isn't really like a vaccine show. It's just our own experience. So everyone else uh, who's never had medical tri- tribulations and trials in their lives, uh, you know, you and I spent a lot of time in hospitals and and when you do that, as like as a teenager, like, well, I don't want to speak for you, but me specifically, you face not really like I wasn't like ever like totally afraid I was at death's door exactly, but you face death a little more primarily as a teen, and whereas most teens are like you know invincible, and so then it's, and that 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 carries over into uh, middle agehood for certain people who have always sort of just had good health on their side. You know, and so it's easy to say, you know, whatever, but I don't need a vaccine, but it's just what we're doing for the greater good is, is my thought. Uh, the whole world needs to get out of this together somehow. And that's hard because there's a lot of moving parts in the world, which is, um, can be frustrating, you know, because you can't really, yeah. con- you can't really control what other, anyone else is going to do. For sure. I mean, unless, unless they were able to make Unless they were able to make this mandatory, but I know that's a whole other issue that a lot of people aren't too well, sure on. Well, it's not going to be it's, mandatory, but it is going to be no, one of those things either. where if you if you can't show proof of vac- vac- um, vaccination, well, you can't do certain things. And people will protest that also, but it's like, well, you can't, you know, there's certain things you can't do in, in civil society. And we have to eventually come to terms with that. And sometimes I guess it might take certain people a while. So if something like a vaccine to, you know, get on a plane or go to a show or whatever it might be is a thing. Well, I don't know how people are going to be yeah, down I mean, with that. But It's just it's one of those things that like you touched on there, the fact that we're we have our lowered immune systems and we don't know the full eff- efficacy of this vaccine. So even though we are vaccinated and we're, we'll be fully vaccinated as of Thursday, I mean, it's still, for well, for anyone who's been vaccinated, even if you're healthy, they still don't know for sure. It's not 100%. They say if you get the symptoms, they they will be not as intense as if, if you didn't weren't vaccinated. But yeah. still, 
we don't know about asymptomatic. There's so many unknowns that just because you may be healthy and it won't affect you, you know, we also, as people with lowered immune systems, we want to get out, be able to get outside again and be able to do things. But if there's tons of people out there that refuse to get it because they're healthy, then they could still potentially give it to us, right? And it still doesn't make things safe for everyone. And it's actually come down to this, and I'm not going to get too into detail, but I actually lost a member in one of my bands because of this, because just out of, you know, being, working together as a society and really strongly believing in this stuff that needs to be done, I can't spend time or hang around with people who, who refuse to get vaccinated because it's just too risky. And I think it's a responsibility as a society and as people to, to, to do this. If it's a contagious thing that you could give to someone else that could make them really sick. So I just think it's, it's a very important thing. And it's sad. I don't want to have this come between people I care about. And luckily, it really hasn't for the most part, but just this one situation with the band I'm in. So it's just that type of thing. But certain things in life, you just can't accept. You can't just be like, oh, whatever. You don't want to get vaccinated. I'll just hang around with you and take the risk. I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah. So that's the thing. You have to start saying that to certain people if you're going to be hanging out with them. And, and that could become a problem, like you said. Um, so unfortunate. And it's right from the very beginning of this pandemic, certain people were like, oh, this only affects old people. Oh, okay. Right. And even that <laughs> statement in itself is weird because I think you, or not, I don't think weird is actually a good way to put it. Sometimes I, I think you've talked about that before with the words, we'll say crazy or certain words that yeah, don't yeah. always quite mean. It's like, filler it's just like word. a go-to. It's a filler yeah. word, just like just or. Yeah. But you know what I mean about that statement, right? It's, and you talked about this recently about how society treats older people in some ways, you know, where yeah. this is our opinion and we're not saying everyone does any of this stuff and we're, you don't, we don't want to make generalizations just on a whole by saying, making that statement, you're pretty much saying that, ah, oh, it's just old people who get it. No big deal. When really they're people, everyone's, a, we're all here. We all deserve a, like, you know, a livelihood and we all deserve to get out and, and do things and be a part of society. And would you no want to get to we, a certain age and have people just sort of, you're, you know, expendable almost. It's like, oh, they're going to die soon anyway. They're old or, well, they've lived their lives. Like you're talking about people here who have lived long lives and they have something to give the world. So it's not the kind of thing where we just want to. So that's why it carries over to, and then it carries over to people who have lower immune systems who anytime we, we speak up about it, yeah, like you said, that we want to be able to start going into society. It's also, we don't want to be the ones they use as a, oh, they can hide out and stay at home and we'll go, go back to living our lives. That's not going to work either. Yeah, that's a lot of what people were saying is, oh, the people who have pre-existing pre conditions and are sick or have these things, well, not sick so much. If I was sick, I would definitely stay home. But a pre-existing pre condition like an organ transplant, like I'm totally healthy on a day-to-day -day basis. I, you know, I don't, I don't really notice anything from the transplant. I just take my, my meds. But aside from that, everything's good. So I am healthy. It's just this condition that's invisible that most people wouldn't see. But that does lower my immune system and, and I could catch things and it could ha be worse for me. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's just these statements, these generalized statements that I get it. You know, I was, and I'm still young, I guess, but I've been 20 years old. I know what it's like to move out for the first time and be with friends and want to party and do all this. So I get it. And I, I really do feel for people because I know that it's, it's not easy, but 
Yeah. (sighs) I just think. It's getting harder and harder for me because the longer we go seeing certain family, we've pointed out as a child, you grow quickly over months and months and then six months, nine months a year. And then they become like different people almost, as I said, and... It's just those sort of things that are whatever whatever people are refusing to do, whatever is holding us all up. <laughs> this gets frustrating, you know. So we're not yeah. gonna we're not gonna just sit back. Then we're gonna get these vaccines and get as much protection as we can. Um, we feel better that uh, we have most of our family vaccinated now um, with all a variety of the vaccine. Some of us have Moderna, one of, you know, one of us has Moderna and then we have Pfizer and we, we have a brother who has, who took the AZ AstraZeneca one. So it's pretty much a nice array there. And uh, so most of the family is vaccinated now, at least with one shot. And that makes me feel better, but we're still being, preca- uh, you know, taking precautions. For sure. You have to. And it's, it's like you say with people and the kids having to do the remote schooling and there's just so many, so many factors that if people you know, we're able to sort of work together more. But as we've noticed, it's, it's, there's so many people out there and everyone has different feelings about things. So it is hard to all come together on something. And it's, it's kind of sad. But the other thing about the shot, maybe just talk about a little bit about us going there. We went with our father and talk a little bit about side effects. For yeah. some reason, I, you, you, I kind of had a feeling. You did. I might not get any side effects, and I don't know yet. I huh. we'll see what happens after the second shot here this week. But yeah, very curious. For, yeah, I'm I'm curious too. But um, part of me doesn't like talking about side effects because it's like people are already <laughs> very leery to get this, and now if they hear all yeah, this stuff, it's going to make right. more excuses. But at the same point, I realize you do have to tell people about these side effects. Like it's just, it's don't a, really, don't really want to hide it either. No, you can't really hide it. So, but somehow I was lucky. I, I mean, I've, I, have, I have heard of other people that said they didn't notice any effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so it's funny. Not, it's not that uncommon. It's not I don't just think, you. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one in the world who didn't get any effects. <laughs> I mean, my arm was a little bit tender, but just like a flu shot, pretty yeah. much, where I felt that for a couple of days. But other than that, I didn't, I can't really recall any effects. And I guess I was just lucky in that sense, but that wouldn't stop me from getting it or, or, or not, whether I had effects. But you, unfortunately, were a bit of a different story. Yeah, I thought maybe I had escaped them because I felt fine the whole first night. I just had a sore arm, so I moved. I heard if you move your arm around a bit more, it won't get as sore. I don't know if that's true or not. It was just like getting a flu shot, which I've had so many times before. Just a tiny little poke. Uh, and then I felt fine until the, the next day. And the next day, it was, it was a Friday, so it was coming up on the weekend, but I started feeling warm in the face. Uh, and then I just couldn't get comfortable by that night. I was tossing and turning and I was feeling nauseous. And I did throw up one time. Um, and then the nauseous n- nausea persisted throughout the weekend. And uh, by around Sunday night, it started to evaporate. I, I took some uh, uh, gravel. Gravel. Yeah. Drank some tea. You know, just a few things. I had a chill weekend. I didn't do much. Um, and then it was gone. <laughs> so I would take that over... You know, when I've heard people with it, it sounds it sounds so terrible in their chest and they're they're all raspy and I just I don't like that kind of cold. I I manage to avoid those for the most part of my life. I get a lot of head colds. But, yeah, I mean, I'd know. be I'd be surprised if anyone likes that type of cold. Right. So I'm I'm you know, people just are like, "Well, I'll just get COVID, get it over with and I'll be okay and I'll get on with it." 
you know, I'm not actually saying I, I, I don't know, maybe everybody in the end will get it at some point, a, a more mild version well, of it. And see, this is the other point about it. I don't I think, know where, where we're going with it, but I'm just... If, if, if people had followed more of the rules or had, had respected this a bit more, the sort of, the goal I think was to sort of get rid of this virus We're going to get to herd immunity, if, but now they don't, yeah, they say we won't. But the f- well, it's just because there are too many people still going out and it's already spreading too much. I don't know how you could really go back from that at this point. It's kind of too late, I think. Well, Unfortunately, yeah. not, doesn't mean we shouldn't be still taking these precautions right now while things are still fresh. And hopefully at least it could get down to where enough people are vaccinated and symptoms are, are less enough that they're just like getting a cold or something and no more kind of thing eventually. But who knows? <laughs> we were up or like up over 4,000 cases of the virus today in Ontario. Something now we're down, down again. We had closing. Well, we're also in another month closed down. So exactly. Once things open up again, and it might go back up. Yeah, but it'll and also I can tell summer, so. it's you know the weather is warming up, and there are people. I can hear my neighborhood. There are people, kids out there. I can hear them out there in the distance. Sounds like they're having a fun time, whatever they're doing. So people are going to want to get out. So yeah, it'll it'll be strange when June. I mean, luckily, of- it doesn't really seem to, from science, from what I've heard, it doesn't really spread at, that nearly as easily outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully just pe- more people being outside in the summer, it will be yeah. a bit better again like it was last summer. That's what I hope. We'll find out. And uh, the yeah. only other quick thing, I, I know we're taking up almost half the show talking about this, but I think it is sort of important. It is pretty important. It is important to, important to us. To us. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I think it is important to talk about. And, and when we went the first time, our dad came with us and he actually got his first shot. He's also not booked again until August as he doesn't have kidney failure. Um, but he did come in with us, so we're both blind and we're very, we're independent people, but it, depending, that's a new spot we haven't been, and it's kind of nice to have him there. But this week, when we go back for a second one, it'll be interesting because he won't be getting one, so I'm pretty sure he won't be coming in with us this time, so yeah. yeah we'll, it, we'll talk about the accessibility and kind of how that works next time. Yeah. It's a nice place from what I could tell last time, very open and airy, and but that's the thing. When it's really open, it's harder to know where you're going yeah. if you can't see so we'll just sometimes uh, open spaces are a little tricky but i'm sure there'll be volunteers someone there to help help if you need it or um, because they do have it very well set up in there it's very spaced out of course so you're not walking through tons of people or something when you go in there which would totally defeat the purpose i think of of what they're trying to do here so yeah i mean some places maybe are more crowded than that but luckily for us at this point in time it wasn't and then you, you usually have to sit for a few minutes after you get it just to make sure you don't have a reaction but I've never had a reaction with my, you know, skin breaking out or anything. So, so yeah, we'll see how it goes Thursday. And then uh, usually have to, I think you have to give it what two we- two full weeks after or something before you something like that fully it's, before it's fully yeah taken effect. Yeah. In effect, so. And hopefully we're outpacing the variants and everything will be okay. But you know, you go from Australia to India and it's like whoa. I know it's it's all over the place, but yeah. <sighs> so. Yeah, we've almost filled up the first half. We have a couple more minutes before a break. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we have, we're both. We have lots to talk right. about for sure, but yeah, we're both yeah, worn so, out. Yeah, I think we're just both in a bit of a strange mood. Well, the last few months in general, just planning this convention, this Canadian Federation of the Blind virtual convention, first time planning a virtual event like this for us and hosting one. I mean, we've been on a bunch of Zoom meetings the past year. Like most of us, a lot of people have. Yeah. But to actually host one yourself is, is a little bit different. Switching the roles kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we'd just be getting familiar with Zoom. And then we had this, you know, Zoom accounts for the CFB. And um, 
we just thought let's give it a try because we didn't have a, a, a convention at all last year just because of all the the newly yeah. adjusting to the, the pandemic back then so we would have had it in person for of course in vancouver so yeah this year we thought let's give it a try all virtual a lot of these things are happening that way now the national federation of the blind has been did theirs all virtual last year and they're doing it again this year so yeah so that was saves kind on of a, travel costs yeah so the the nfb one from last year in the summer from the u.s that one was virtual and that gave us a bit of an idea just watching that kind of how this could work virtually and how amazing it still could be it's there's pros and cons to both being in person and virtual but it gave us that idea so then around christmas with the canadian federation of the blind we purchased a zoom plan for this year uh, we previously were using a conference phone line but it just the sound quality wasn't nearly as good and in this day and age with technology it just wasn't as accessible so we paid for zoom for the year for our not not for profit organization so we wanted to make use of it this year and we thought doing this convention would be a great way to use that up so yeah and it's amazing yeah. to me like even though it's all virtual that you wonder okay maybe there will be it'll be harder for people to feel connected with each like you know to make connections and but it really from seeing what the nfb did last summer it was like it was amazing that you still got such a response and uh you know we are a lot smaller of course and we're canadian and so, so many differences uh but yeah it we weren't sure how it was going to turn out because I'm not a Zoom person, but I have learned a little bit since we started. But you've learned quite a bit, right? So You're not a Zoom person. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, I think it's time for a quick little break here today on Outlook. And we'll be right back you with you for more show today on Radio Western. Welcome back to Outlook on this Monday morning. Day after Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, all. Uh, we're back with a new episode, a May Mixed Bag. And we've been talking about vaccines on Outlook, 94.9 CHRW Radio Western this morning, or on podcast platforms. And yeah, we were talking about getting the vaccine, which can be controversial, depending on who you're talking to. So we will move on to another topic, right, Brian? Yeah, we don't want this whole episode to, to go on about that, but it is, like we said, very important, specifically for... Well, it should be for everyone, in my opinion, but for us it is. So it's something I think it would we'd be remiss not to talk about it at all. So Yeah, it would feel weird not to. But we can also talk about what else we've been up to this year. Yeah, so <laughs> it's already the fifth month of the year, which, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Time just keeps ticking away here. But we've been quite occupied the last few months, and we've, we're a little bit out of it this week, but we really wanted to bring you a new show because as we said, we weren't on last week because we were hosting an event. Hosting, yes, an event virtually over Zoom. The Canadian Federation of the Blind Virtual Choices and Goals Convention for 2021. It's a, it's a mouthful. And I kind of, I didn't really ask you. I just volunteered us, you and I to be co-hosts as the MCs. <laughs> yeah, so. We're, we're co-hosting as Outlook, just so you know, Brian. Okay. I actually mentioned on my music show on Friday, Chin Music, about this. And then you messaged me after and said, Brian, you didn't mention us talk about Outlook, the fact that we were the host of it. And we have the show called Outlook on Radio Western. I, I promoted the CFB. Yeah. CF, CFB.ca for more info on the Canadian Federation of the Blind. But yeah, I didn't mention that. So sorry about that. I, as I said, I, was, I blame it on my weird mood this past week and just sort of being not really. It's just weird because these past few months, we've been we've both been on the planning committee for this convention. and 
As this is a very small organization, the planning committee was also very small, just a handful of people planning such a big event, so... And never doing it before? I mean, I guess you were... I was never really fully involved in this committee. You were a little bit in the past, right, for our in-person convention? Yeah, in 2019, I was on the committee. Um, I came up with some of the, the word, choice, um, word choice that year. It was about employment that year, and uh, it was a really successful one, but I wasn't running it, and... You get to see what the actual person who kind of becomes the chairperson of the of the committee or leader is the one who sort of everything does eventually fall on their shoulders in a lot of ways. But then you also see how everybody, every um, you know, every effort on on the committee from one person pays off in its own way. Uh, that you couldn't do it all yourself. So, so, so I wasn't really on the committee that much that year. I think I maybe mm-hmm. was a bit on a couple calls, but yeah. didn't really take take part. So last time you were on the committee, but you weren't really a part of the actual event when it happened that those couple days when we were out in BC. Well, you did actually, you did host a panel. I hosted a panel. Yeah. You know, I did a few things like that, but really once we got there, um, other than a few things on the first morning, you know, organizational checking people in, trying to be welcoming because I'm not as much the most social person outgoing in a way. So I was trying really hard that, that day to be, um, friendly and welcoming to people. So I, you know, I made efforts as a host, a co-host and helping, but really it was on the, the, the woman, Elizabeth, who ran it committee. You know, she did everything sort of ended up on her thing, her shoulders. As yeah. Far. But and I, I mean, think I learned something, I'm sure. For sure. And it's just, a, it's a lot different doing it virtually because when you do it in person like that, uh, um, this organization is, is still based out of British Columbia, although we're in the process of hopefully nationalizing uh, but, but anyway, it's, um, when it's in person like that, you know, we're from Ontario, so we travel all the way there to go. So generally the people from the Canadian Federation of the Blind who live in BC are sort of the ones more responsible for arranging the hotel and the, mm-hmm. the rental for where the convention is going to be held because they, they live there. So they, you know, it just, it makes more sense sort of for them to be planning that stuff. Whereas when you do it remote, it doesn't really matter where you are because Zoom is just anywhere and, and everywhere. So, <laughs> so it's. It sort of leaves those responsibilities up to anyone. It's not really this one person. Oh, it just makes sense for you to do that. Now we did, we did hold it in Pacific time mainly because. Oh, that was fun. A lot of people from from uh, the convention were out west, and a lot of the people that we booked to present and exhibit at the convention were from out west. So we just figured it made more sense to to go in that time zone because that affected the most amount of people who were attending. Whereas if we stayed with Eastern time, you know, it would have started at six a.m. for the people out west, which is. Hmm. quite early and yeah. in a way it was kind of nice for us because we were three three hours later we didn't start until around noon both days so yeah i enjoyed that yeah gave us a bit of time in the morning to scramble and get a lot of things ready because yeah as you said we were the co-hosts for this event we also helped plan a lot of it i well we both actually panels yeah we both we both actually reached out to a bunch of presenters and organizations we were we invited to participate in the convention and that was kind of new for me. I'd never really, I guess, you know, we've booked people for our radio show or something, which hmm. could sort of be like that, but it's still not quite the same when you're inviting them to this event that you're planning, but you're, you're planning it along with a few other people. And it's kind of newer to you, this radio show we've been doing now for a few years ourselves. So we kind of know what we're doing and exactly how to approach people about it. Whereas this is a little bit different. So yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was such a learning curve. I, I, I created the Facebook event because uh, we have a nice following on the CFP Facebook page. Over hundred, over eight hundred people now, I believe. 
Yes, I checked so. this morning actually, and then <laughs> I think it was like seven something, maybe seven seventy or eighty before, and now we have at least forty or so new followers since the convention, mm-hmm. which is always good. You hope to sort of gain a little bit of excitement after these types of there's, things. So there's always a bit of uh, extra energy, an energy boost right around convention for a lot of people. Yeah, it's an adrenaline you get from it, and even for a couple of days after, I was still sort of feeling it. I was waking up those days at 6 a.m., even though normally I'd sleep in a bit later. I was just you get in that routine, today. and yeah. yeah, you go. It's like, go, go, go. We got to be then, on the mic. We got to yeah. be ready. Be ready at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, no, the planning committee lasts. was a lot different than the actual running of the event. When- it really was, but it's so it's been, when have we been planning since? So it. I think you had a couple meetings last year even. Yeah. I wasn't really as around. I think I maybe was like at a couple of those, but not as much. Last, it's, it's hard with these events too, I find, because we always say each year it seems like, oh, we want to start planning way in advance so that we have <laughs> things more organized and we're not rushing at the last minute. But it's like I speak about this adrenaline thing. I think when it's too far in advance, you just don't have that same drive to do it. I don't know. Or it's, is it just an excuse of procrastination? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It feels like the NFB, I would imagine. It's so big with such, you know, so much going on that they start planning for the next year. I mean, it's like when I think of Santa Claus. I think as soon as Santa Claus delivers the presents, he gets maybe a couple days to rest, and then it's back to planning all year (laughs) round for the next Christmas. Right. That's how I think of it. (laughs) It's a little... That's funny. (laughs) I know. It's a a little different with this because, (laughs) yeah, the Canadian one is, you know, we did have 67 total people, uh, total... For some reason, I have trouble wording this. I keep Attendees. saying regis- registrants, but I don't know if that's a word. Registrants, I think so. <laughs> Maybe that's a word. We had 67 people register, and that's honestly considering like pretty good. I think in the in-person ones, maybe in 2019, we had close to that, but I don't even know if we had quite that. I think we more had like 55 or 60. So I think we did have a few more regis- people register than normal. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we also broadcasted it on Facebook Live. So we had... Oh, yeah, that few, Like hundreds of views there throughout the convention. You never know how long people are watching, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's just all about someone tuning in, even for a few minutes, just to get an idea of what we're up to. And, yep, it doesn't and, matter. Uh, those never, videos. You never know when they'll come in on something. Those videos are actually still up on Facebook. If you go to, if you just search for the URL to get to, it's not the best right now, but if you search for <laughs> Canadian Federation of the Blind CFB on Facebook, you'll find the the page there and the and the videos from the convention are still up there so if you do want to get an idea of what we covered at the event we're going to do a more in-depth episode on the convention coming up sometime over the next few weeks where we'll really get into more of that exactly who presented and, and everything that went there but today we're kind of talking about an overall look back on the event and the planning and just everything that went into it which is yeah and the, quite a lot the people who ended up doing it all you just sort of, we kind of slid into our roles, <laughs> you know, it's sort of, we it just like on this, all of a sudden it just ends up a few people do all the work and it's what I always say about art in general. You you don't know how much work goes into any of these things that, that seem like somebody must be doing, yeah. that it must be just, oh, they're doing that for fun and, and just a hobby or, oh, that, you know, I could do that or whatever people might think. And it did feel good that, you know, some of the people that are often on the committee weren't there yeah, this time exactly. but in some ways that does feel good because i've been to these a couple conventions already out in bc where they must have done a ton of work planning it and renting out the hotels and doing all this all these logistical things that you know i just went and enjoyed the event so this year it did mm-hmm. feel kind of good to be the one 
helping plan it and then being able to put it on for some of the people that had other things going on or just weren't able to contribute this time and but they were still able to come to the event and, and enjoy it like any other attendee so there is a reward to that it's just during the whole planning there were moments i i always compared myself to a yo-yo <laughs> like one moment i'd feel like so excited like wow this is really cool this is going to be interesting this well, is neat coming to have together this. It's- yeah we met every friday there for quite a few weeks in a row there while we were planning this and it became sort of a routine and felt like I had something to distract from all this COVID stuff and everything else oh, in the yeah, world. For sure. And so that part of it was nice. But then other moments, it was just like, everything did feel so last minute. And there's such, <laughs> so few people working on this. Part of me was just like, how's this even going to happen? Is this going to be possible? And in other moments, I was like, I just want to drop out of this committee. I can't do this anymore. And it was back and forth. But <gasps> if you know, well, you're, you're like that too. It's, you didn't give up on this either, but it's no. hard for me to give up on things that I've started and invested time into. I'm not generally the type to just be like, oh, I can't do it. I'm out. Yeah, I've done that before. Even though I say I've, it. I've let myself down in those ways. I've felt so bad after and I kick myself after. And even though maybe I have a good reason, I shouldn't kick myself. You know, it's like, yeah. you, again, you don't you want people to be um, satisfied with it. You want to be, them to have a good time and be impressed and... You, will f- you have this big fear that it's just going to be a big flop because it was you who was yeah. one of the ones, main ones who put it together. So it's just, yeah, it's good for my confidence. It builds my confidence while I continue to sort of continue to hide out during this pandemic and my physical confidence goes down a little, uh, you know, having to go into the world less. But doing something like this helps build it up again in, in another way. So I think that's what I got out of it. Uh, yeah, and it feels good once you get there and it's happened and then... Of course, it's a big whoosh or rush, as I say, um, when it actually happens and then it's over. But all the planning, you're right. We had regular meetings and then near the end there, it was almost we were meeting twice a week. And yeah, and everybody yeah. had something to contribute. And you you can't really imagine how it's going to look until it all comes um, comes comes out. So whew, I don't know. Yeah, it felt like a tire, <laughs> tiring year so far to me. I just yeah. be, uh, coming up on a year with this pandemic and I just, some stuff hit me harder, I guess. And uh, yeah, and I ended up working on the Blind Canadian, this magazine that CFB puts out every, uh, twice a year, usually, um, yeah. right around convention time. And I was writing a few articles and it was like, well, oh, this is a bad timing, but it all worked out. So so I was working on that as, as well, but I was working on scripts for my panels and yeah, I booked a lot of the guests. Uh, a lot of them were more personal. We some of them we'd had on Outlook recently, so I reached out to them again, and they were happy to happy to come. So that felt good when I could get in touch with someone. For sure, same with me. I reached out to some organizations, and I just never done that before. So it's interesting when it's when it's not like you said. If it's more of a personal connection, like one person that you've had on this, sh- we've had an Outlook, or just someone that you've been in contact with before, it's a little bit more personal. Whereas when you're just emailing an organization like humanware in my case they make a lot of braille displays and these things that we use as blind people to be independent and live successful lives and happy lives and stuff and you know they make these products but you don't know who you're going to get in contact with and had issues with email going to their junk folder so they didn't respond for a couple weeks so you have to reach out again but you don't want to feel like you're bothering people and you don't want to force anyone to come but then when someone does agree then it's like it gives even more pressure it's like oh shoot we have now 67 people registered and we're have all these organizations taking time out to come and then like what if people don't show or what if 
-hmm. something goes wrong and zoom crashes or internet goes down or there's just so many factors but once it actually happens and it i don't know i really feel like aside from a couple very minor things i can't really think of anything that went wrong like it seemed to all flow together and and that's where you do start to see that sometimes it feels like the work is just so much and what is it really getting you but you realize that you did put in a lot of hard work and everyone who was involved even though it was a small group of us we all did put in a lot of work and we did care about it because it did go off so well and i also just the other thought i had is when you were talking about the nfb one in the states and how they would take them you'd think they would start planning like like santa claus as your <laughs> analogy right after it happens and and i do think there's something to that like i think even as even if we're smaller we should work on that more but i think it is this is just sort of my opinion now is that it's probably a little bit more natural for a small group of people to procrastinate just because there aren't as many people involved and yeah. there's not as many things going on whereas when you have a convention where what do they have like at least 6000 people register or something like 8000 you can't just do that in the last week it's not even possible <laughs> and not to say we did this in the last week but sometimes it felt like it even though it's yeah I don't know. I don't quite know what I'm trying to say. It's just, it's a... Yeah, it's a timing issue, right? How, how soon do you start planning? How soon do you reach out to certain places? And uh, if you don't hear back within a certain time and you only have this much left time left between now and the convention, how long, much longer do you give them? You know, and yeah, once you get some companies on board, uh, you know, it's like, well, now you have to deliver. And so that you know, how many people are you expecting at your conference? And, uh, <laughs> you know... yeah. Nowhere near most uh, conferences. So. And it's just, it's weird how it does seem, though, in a lot of ways. Like for me, anyway, the people that I, organizations I contacted and stuff, it was pretty much in the last two or three weeks that I really made all the contacts right before the event. And it was just, part of me was like, should I even be reaching out at this point? It's too late. You know, I should have been reaching out months ago, but I just wasn't feeling it with the winter. And I'm sort of in a <laughs> weird mood in the beginning of the year. Just, uh -huh. so it's like, but I guess too now, maybe part of it's also. I mean, for one, it is a benefit for these organizations to come to these events, even if there are, you know, not thousands of people or hundreds of people, even, even if it is just 67 people, you're still connecting with the, with the blind community that uses these products and wants to know about these organizations and, and it's publicity for you. So, yeah, I you know, it's, I would have hoped when, when they saw the email that that was considered, right? Cause yeah, we, we promoted them on the website and we promoted them and we brought people to them and there were yeah. great conversations had from what I heard. So yeah, it, you know, it, the pressure was just like a, a drum beat always. But it's also, I mean, you could, you would do this before, but now we're so used to virtual stuff that back in the day, if you wanted a company or someone to, to come to your convention, you might have to arrange for travel or, mm -hmm. you know, they could still come in through, through the internet. And we've had a couple at pr past conventions that were online, people coming through Skype or whatever it might have been at that point. I don't think we used Zoom in 2019 or yeah, 2018. Yeah, it was probably Skype. Um, but generally then it's it's still if it's an in-person convention you often look for people to actually attend and come there and that's more yeah. arrangements you can't really contact someone a week or two before and be like hey do you want to travel all the way to our convention but when it's virtual you know they all just they just have to have a person from their organization available at that time and for an hour or two or however long it is that we ask them to present and that's it so i think being virtual does allow for more last minute kind of planning and which in some ways it's good, but in other ways for me, who tends to procrastinate too much, not always the best. 
Well, who knows how much added stress you give yourself by procrastinating, leaving things to the very last minute. But at the same point, it often for you seems to work out. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Just something seems to click in the end and somehow you waiting to the last minute to maybe attempt at some of these things. Sometimes it's, I feel like that's, you know, spurs it on to just. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, it's that, it's that energy. It's when something's a few months away, it's kind of hard to imagine it. I mean, now that we've, (laughs) we've booked one, if we do end up being part of the committee next year, who knows what, what will happen at that point. But if we are, it's, um, it's one of those things now that you've done it once you do feel a little less, you know, it's never going to be entirely the same, but you feel a little more confident. It's just when it's something that you don't know much about and it's you're a few months in advance, I just find it hard to get that momentum and that excitement. Whereas when it's coming up so much closer, it's like a deadline. And then I, I have that more of that pressure, but I do wish in some other ways that I would better at getting things done more in advance. Cause <laughs> yeah. it is good. To- you get anxious, very anxious, tense moments sometimes. Yeah. It can be a panic. Little- oh my God. Should have started this earlier. Yeah, no, but we weren't the only ones on committee, as I'm saying, as I've said. And so, you know, other people's efforts came through for sure in the the end result. And it, it went off better than I, I don't, you know, I don't let myself get my hopes up on certain things. But then I like when my hopes are, you know, exceeded. Yeah, it was so interesting because we were both at, I went, I traveled to Carrie's for anyone who's a long-time listener or has heard the show may know that I live in London, but Carrie, you live in... Yeah, I live in a house and you live in a little small apartment. So we just thought it would right. be better to host together, but not. We didn't use the same mic or anything. We were in different rooms. Yeah, I was house. trying to... Carrie has her USB Yeti. Actually, we're both using the same mics right now, actually, that we used for the convention. <laughs> I'm using my Audio-Technica 4040 and you're using your USB Yeti. And we tr- I tried the USB Yeti with you to get um with both of us but then we'd be using the same zoom account yeah we'd have to both run into the same room i don't know i just it we did i did i was pretty obsessive about this part i'm sure you remember i was like should i use my phone do i want video do i want audio there were so many (laughs) yeah i know conflicting decisions in my mind (laughs) um but i ended up just getting a profile picture for my zoom because i have a mac mini which doesn't have a camera and i was just thinking well, we really, we really do want more sighted people to come to these events because it's, well, it's a convention of the blind. It's, these are issues and things that don't get talked about enough in the public. So we want more people, but at the same point, good majority of us are blind. So video isn't my main focus. And so a lot of people did have video though. And a bunch of the presentations did. Yeah. But I, I was more focused I was on, on audio. So. I was on video sometimes and other times when others were speaking, I would go off and I never actually got myself a profile picture, which I should have done. So it probably looked attractive, but mostly I, I could be on camera. I, I was just, just like we said, to mix it up. So some people were on video, some weren't. There was some pre-recorded sessions we did in the end and some live stuff. And it was quite the mixture, kind of a mixed bag on its own, that convention. Yeah, it was just so weird sitting, just getting up and then being, all right, time to go. And then just turning on my, uh, open up, opening up Zoom and unmuting myself and then talking, sitting there talking into my mic, being broadcast across facebook live and zoom and everything it was it was surreal or i I guess that would be the word i would use it it almost part of it feels like a dream to me it's yeah that's what i mean it's even happened i said it was a whoosh whooshed over my head and then it was gone and now here we are so we wanted to we wanted just to shine some light on the planning um, process because you know i think it's good that you realize people realize that it's it can be a lot of stress behind the scenes that you just don't see and then yeah it comes off pretty good 
another point I just wanted to mention is is the fact that with the with the Canadian Federation of the Blind, most of the event or pretty much all of the events are primarily put on by blind people. So it was mainly us who arranged this stuff and a, f- a few other people, but we were all blind on the committee. Um, we did actually have one one person help um, who was sighted on the back end with Zoom, but you know, I, I think feel, feel like with these organizations, what we're really trying to show with the CFB is that we're blind people doing things for other blind people. So we're, we're helping out people who we could relate to or have, you know, we're all different. <laughs> Everyone's different, but we all have that one thing in common and it just sh- it shows society, you know, sort of changes the expectations of blind people in society and, and mm-hmm. gives people an idea that sometimes people might assume, wow, how could you do this with all blind people? But but we did. I mean, we had, we had one sighted person helping out in the, in the back for Zoom, but that was very last near the end. She just kind of came in the last couple of weeks. She had actually hosted more events on Zoom, so had more experience, whereas neither of us, or none of us in the committee, me, you, or the other members of the committee, I don't think really had done many Zoom events. So it was nice to have her, someone a little bit more experienced with Zoom, although it did give me a lot of uh, experience because I, I did a, quite a bit of the, you know, people would raise their hands and I'd... Mm-hmm send them the invite to unmute and all this stuff. So I think I could run the Zoom back end in the future if I needed to. It, it's not that hard once you kind of get the hang of it. And, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, you know, it's like a skill set. Some people are more into certain parts than others. And I just love technology and all that kind of stuff. So I was kind of interested in that part. But uh, yeah. But it felt good. Great. Great. That's, yeah, what, we, that's what we've been up to. <laughs> and yeah. So we have. We, uh. We're looking ahead now, now that convention's over, but we are going to, like Brian said, have an episode, at least Yeah, and also, we'll mention it on this show, but most of the videos from the convention will be posted on YouTube eventually and will be available through our, uh, the CFB website. So we'll keep everyone posted on that as well right. as they are available. But with the last few minutes here on today's Outlook, maybe just talk, Carrie, a little bit about some of the other things you've been up to, aside con- from convention or maybe... Up to convention, we were quite occupied. But now that it's over, what have you been doing to occupy your time? Well, like I said, I'm getting that that blind Canadian issue out any day now. And I've also started reading an an advanced copy of uh, Leona Godin's book. We had her on our Outlook last year. It's called Their Plant Eyes, A Personal and Cultural History of Blindness. So I'm reading that right now. And I'm hoping to, you know, maybe write a review or an interview with her once I've read it. just because I think we need more books about blindness and I think it would be fascinating to read. So I'm, I'm reading that and, uh, you know, I got a, my um, sensitivity reader work on a children's book, which should be coming out in September. And in between that, we have a more, more, lot more guests and, uh, you know, it's time to start booking some new people for Outlook. So I got lots to do. Yeah, that book sounds really interesting. I'd be interested to read it someday too. Just yeah, a bit should. of the history of blindness and cultural... Yep. reactions and, and sort of how all that works because it's it's like we said earlier it's just this stuff isn't talked about enough and it's being talked about more and more as time goes on which is is great so we just want to keep talking about this stuff and and uh it sounds like great work that you're doing but what do we got coming up next kind of yeah well for me in my life i uh i don't right now i've just been mainly back into my music world yeah Exactly. With my music show this past week, I spent quite a few days just listen, catching up on a bunch of new music because I took that week off as well with the convention. We were I didn't have time to do a music show that week. <clears throat> so it's been nice to get back into that. And I, 
I've been tagging more bands on my Facebook posts, so it's kind of nice. This past Friday, I got a few new likes on my Chin Music Facebook page and a few more bands that I tagged, you know, sent comments just saying thanks for playing my, our music and stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's just the area that I really have, I'm passionate about and just discovering new music and, and all that. So I've mainly been occupied with that at the moment. And hopefully... Uh, as more people get vaccinated, I'll be able to start jamming again with my band. A bit of a new configuration now that one of our members is no longer in the band, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, mm. I think hopefully by June or July, if, if things get a bit better and, and, and we're vaccinated, that we'll be able to start practicing again. So that'll be good. And I'll be coming back to your house to make noise with my band. So. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah, no, that's what we're up to. Is, you know, like we can't spend all of our lives in the advocacy world. It can get... A, exhausting as we felt after and it's all it's all volunteer that we're doing with the with the cfb as 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 all of the members are in this organization we're not we're a not-for-profit so it's not a paid position see here so you can only put so much time in and it's not that we don't want to put more it's just you also have to make time for other things in life and and so it's a it's it's a it's a balancing act but uh Mm. yeah so i think that just about does it for this week's show we do have some interesting ones coming up convention specific one and we'll see if this pans out for next week but we might be having uh, an interesting presentation from the convention yeah special a special episode from one of the presentations and it talks about something that we think more people need to hear about uh we don't want to keep being silent on these things this year in 2021 here on outlook so So that's a bit of a teaser you'll find out if you tune in next week most likely (laughs) and yeah i think we're going to wrap up for today Thanks for listening. Thanks, Radio Western, and we'll see you next week. Have a good week, everyone. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. <laughs>